Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. And if you're new, welcome. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who since 1981. In 1985, I started a Doctor Who store here in Chicago called Bundles from Britain, and we are mentioned in the official history book Red, White, and Who, the story of Doctor Who in America, written by some wonderful friends of mine, including Stephen Warren Hill, the late Jennifer Adams Kelly, Nick Seidler, and Robert Warnock. Please support this book. It's published by ATB Publishing. We live on page 384. Also, join us at the 20th anniversary of the largest Doctor Who convention in the Midwest, Chicago TARDIS. Chicago TARDIS is at the Westin Hotel in Lombard every Thanksgiving weekend. Go to chicagotardis.com for registration information and guests, including Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, was just announced recently. So meet him if you haven't met him already. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. McGann today. Another podcast I want to mention out there, if it's not already in your playlist, make sure you get the Target Book Club podcast hosted by my good friend Tony Witt and also on iTunes. I will be a guest uh, later this summer when we talk about the book Day of the Daleks, and I'll get more into that book in a little bit. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, written by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by the great Fraser Hines, friend of the podcast, and played Jamie McCrimmon in over 113 Doctor Who episodes, the longest-running character. So today I'm going to talk about my first collectibles. In 1981, I discovered a local comic book store in Morton Grove, Illinois, called The Comic Connection. It was on Dempster Street next to a Baskin-Robbins. Uh, I think there was a bank on the corner and an Eagle food store. So if you're familiar with the area, that's what it looked like back in 1981. Anyway, it was a comic book store. You walked in the door, and on the right-hand side, when you walked in, was a wall-mounted um, shelf that actually had Doctor Who items in there, and I had never seen those before. That was kind of a new thing. I think my mother was grocery shopping and told me I could go over and, and take a look. Um, and so I did. And so, I, of course, I didn't have a lot of money back then. I was very young in 1981. So um, I, I thought I can afford three things. So I bought three items. So the first thing I bought is I was my, one of my favorite Doctor Who stories is Doctor Who the Day of the Daleks with John Pertwee and Katie Manning. Uh, Katie Manning is also a friend of the podcast. Um, anyway, uh, the book I had was a second edition Target book print uh, with the classic Doctor Who logo on the front and John Pertwee Daleks, the, 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 the Chris Achilleos uh, cover. And uh, I, I read that book several times, but I kept it in really good shape. I still have it. I paid $4 and plus tax back in 1981 for that book. And uh, one, one notable thing about the Day of the Daleks book, and I'll mention this in the uh, Target Book Club podcast as well, is that it is most notable for its profoundly um, noticeable uh, typo on the last page of the story uh, where it says, Oh, come on, Dotcore, said the Brigadier. And that, by the way, that typo remains for at least four printings. Uh, if you caught the last podcast episode where I talked about the Pinnacle books, I mentioned this there, that they actually corrected it in the Pinnacle edition, but they also Americanized it. So I, you know, I, I, I always recommend that one. So that was $4. And then I was intrigued by the, the current um, 
Doctor Who Monthly, and I believe it was the current Doctor Who Monthly, uh, actually it was the one that was available at the Comic Connection at that time. November uh, number 70, 45p on the front cover. The book was $2.50 for the magazine. It had featuring Britain's best-loved science fiction hero with a picture of Peter Davison on the front cover. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm completely, uh, you know, a new doctor. Wow. Hey, um, we were still watching Tom Baker episodes here in Chicago on WTTW channel 11. We had not heard of, or even been hinted to a new doctor. Of course, this is the days long before Google and internet. So, so I bought the magazine. I kept, I bought, in fact, I bought two copies of the magazine. I paid, I spent $5. So somewhere, so far I'm up to $9 and, and change here. And so let me walk you through the monthly. Um, the monthly today, you probably pay about $10 on up for a copy in, in mint condition. But what I liked about this, this was a, um, a great issue. You had a pinup of John, of uh, Peter Davison on the inside front cover, and then uh, the Gallifrey Guardian, which was the news, the convention for 1983. Uh, thousands flocked to Con in America. Um, so the Doctor Who convention that included Sarah Sutton, Anthony Ainley, I was at that convention, um, and it was the Panopticon West. So it was my first Doctor Who convention. It was a very exciting moment. Um, and then the, the list of, uh, Dr. Who stories for sale to overseas, uh, the five faces of Dr. Who, um, package that was, you know, for the, uh, the 83, uh, 20th, uh, excuse me, the 83 20th anniversary. Um, and then of course, John Nathan Turner confirming he was still the, uh, producer for another year, the matrix data bank, which had a bunch of news, uh, letters to the Dr. Who magazine, of course, the Dr. Who by Tim Quinn and Dickie Howitt, which I loved. Peter Davison chasing the master into a pillar and he runs headfirst into the pillar and he walked into the wrong pillar. And one of my favorite comics, the Stockbridge Horror, where a group of uh, construction folks uh, blow up the side of a mountain and find the TARDIS embedded in rock and they about faint from the fact that it would have to be millions of years old in rock. So um, a very interesting story. Uh, Doctor has a lot of... Uh, actually, there's, there's a scene where he has a conversation with the Scarecrow, a little Wurzel Gummidge... Uh, reference. A little article on Doctor Who in the Radio Times with a picture of the Radio Times from 1966, it looks like here, from Power of the Daleks. Um, Little pictures from there. The center was a poster, the famous uh, back-to-back picture of Peter Davison and Anthony Ainley. I'll try to find a picture of that to post. Um, Ads, of course, for other other Marvel products. Uh, An episode guide of the um, of of Series 4Y, 4Z, Underworld, Invasion of Time, Ribos Operation. Um, and then another article of Doctor Who in the Movies, a featurette on Peter Cushing, The Forgotten Doctor, for his two films. And then uh, some great stuff there. A uh, little ad for Starburst Magazine. Uh, archive article on The Sea Devils, one of my favorite stories featuring John Pertwee. And then a comics update here, including some nice images from John Pertwee and uh, Tom Baker. Uh, The inside back cover is a picture of Tom Baker, and the back cover was an advertisement for a new production of Cinderella, produced by John Nathan Turner, starring Peter Davison, Sandra Dickinson, and Anthony Ainley. So the last thing I found, they had um, a Doctor Who coffee mug, and... um, 
it was it was not very good. I, I bought a better mug actually in 1985, uh, and this one is the 85 mug I bought when I started Bundles from Britain. This was the first mug I, I purchased. Um, I decided not to buy the mug. I'm going to talk about the mug I bought when I bought the store when I started the store, um, and I'll talk about Bundles from Britain in another episode. Its full history and where it is and where it happened to it and uh, what became of it and uh, where it went from there. So it's a it's an interesting story, um, and uh, I'm not the only person involved, so it's kind of a, a neat thing. So anyway, that was uh, that was one of my first collectibles. I spent a little over ten dollars, which you know for only three things, my mother was not pleased, but that's okay. She introduced me to Doctor Who in 1975, so I think she was uh, prepared for that. And uh, I lost my mother in 1998, so uh, you know I still thank her every day for the opportunity to be a Doctor Who fan. In the city of San Francisco, on the eve of the new millennium. A time traveler dropped in from another world. I'm not human. I am not like you. He's flatlining! A mysterious visitor with the power to defy death and be reborn in a new body. The dead stay dead. You can't turn back time. Yes, you can. Now he must face an old enemy. I'm alive! More deadly. He has opened the Eye of Harmony. Than anything the Earth has ever seen. By midnight tonight, this planet will be pulled inside out. Go behind the scenes as the Fox Tuesday Night Movie presents the motion picture event of the year. Doctor Who. Okay, as you heard in the clips, um, I'm about to talk about um, the Doctor Who movie from uh, starring Paul McGann. And um, on May 15th, 1996... Uh, Paul McGann officially became the eighth doctor and the anniversary of that movie just happened um, a few days ago. Today, I'm recording this podcast on uh, May 18th. So there was a lot of activity on Facebook recognizing that. And of course, Paul McGann will be the guest at the Chicago TARDIS convention uh, this November. Anyway, um, he was in the uh, Doctor Who movie along with Daphne Ashbrook, Eric Roberts, Sylvester McCoy and Yi Ji So. So, my first experience with that is I was a big fan of the X-Files uh, at the time, and I was watching an episode of the of the X-Files, and there was a, you know, commercial break, and all of a sudden there was all these scenes, and I'm like, what's going on? And I didn't really recognize anything, because uh, it was going by pretty fast, and then I do remember the TARDIS spinning, and the last part was Doctor Who, and I'm like, really? <laughs> and of course, 96. Um... I did have AOL back then, but it was not very easy to get online and search for information. So I found out it was airing uh, in May, and of course I made sure I was home to watch it. I uh, taped it on my VCR just in case, uh, but uh, it was it was an experience of a you know seven year gap uh, in the series. It is it closed in '89, and then Sylvester McCoy comes back to hand over the TARDIS keys to Paul McCann, and in canon, Paul McCann is the Eighth Doctor. Now, collectibles from the from the movie, of course, um, excluding any movie props that may have found their ways into private collections, uh, not generally available. Um, but uh, I know I think Paul McGann's coat was auctioned off somewhere. Um, I'm not sure. Or the uh, or the, the TARDIS interior was built. You know, I, I have no idea. Anyway, here are the, some things that were that were done with the movie. There were some books published. Uh, the first one was The Script of the Film by Matthew Jacobs and Philip Seagal. You can find that book on any uh, 
bookseller, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, I think anywhere from $5 on up, possibly on eBay, depending on condition. If it's signed, it might be worth more. Uh, there was also the book uh, Regeneration by Philip Seagal, available both in hardcover and paperback. The hardcover has been long out of print, so it might be worth a little bit more than the paperback. I have not found any copies online for sale to do a price comparison, so I'm not going to state a value. Uh, the He's Back and It's About Time, the novel of the film by Gary Russell, done in paperback on BBC Books. It was also done on audiobook on cassette, and I think later a CD was issued as well on MP3, and there was a download I think you could also get. Um, the paperback book, anywhere from $5 on up, it depends on where you find it. There were a lot of them printed, so it's not that rare. Um, a Paul McCann action figure, um, I could not find a date, but if you know about that, please post it on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or um, on our website uh, under post uh, comments. DrWhoCollectors.com is our website. Anyway, let us know. Uh, that action figure could sell for $20 on up, depending in con upon condition and whether or not it's mint in the box. If you watch The Big Bang Theory, you know mint in the box. Very important. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot. Uh, there was also a limited edition set of postcards, which uh, the set I've seen anywhere from $30 on up, which feature Eric Roberts and uh, Paul McCann, Daphne Ashbrook, and several of the cast members, and Paul McCann, of course. So... Um, the movie didn't produce a lot of collectibles. Uh, so, you know, again, if you're looking at Eighth Doctor material, a lot of it is in big finish uh, stories that were done uh, long after that. Of course, his return for the 50th anniversary um, in, in basically uh, regenerating into the War Doctor. So there wasn't a whole lot there, but I still think he's, he's a, great, uh, a great experience for anyone. Please watch the Doctor Who movie if you haven't. Whether you like it or not, it is part of the Doctor Who uh, history, and it's something we should uh, we should keep in mind. I'm going to um, bring up one last thing, of course. Uh, the podcast is produced at great expense. So uh, we have started a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. And if you'd like to become a friend of the podcast, uh, we're asking $10. Uh, of course, the podcast will remain free. And um, we're asking for some for some help with expenses. Uh, hosting is not free. The web host, uh, getting your thing on iTunes is not easy and does uh, take a subscription to a third-party service. So we're asking just for a little bit of help there. We're not trying to make a profit here. We're just trying to pay expenses. So patreon.com backslash Dr. Who Collectors Podcast. It's, uh, you know, just like supporting your, your local radio station or whatever you want to do. If you like this podcast, consider pledging. And that concludes the Dr. Who Collectors Podcast, a short episode today. And we're going to end with another clip from the movie. So until next time, keep collecting Dr. Who. Uh, da Vinci. He had a cold when he drew that. You're still fibrillating badly. No, I'm not. Here. I remember! <laughs> I was with Pacini before he died! Name drop. I was, I was, I was! Shh! Oh my god. You see, that's no echo. He died before he could finish Turando. Alfano finished it based on his notes. It was so sad. You have two hearts. Who are you? I was dead too long this time. The anesthetic almost destroyed the regenerative process. Yeah. Right. I I'm going to get a syringe. I'm going to take no, no, some no, no, blood. No, no, no. I want to know what's going Grace, on. Grace, 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 Grace. 
Don't you see? I have 13 lives. Please. <laughs> okay, you're trying to tell me that you've come back from the dead. Yes. No, sorry. The dead stay dead. You can't turn back time. Yes, you can. I'm not a child. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. Only children believe that crap. I am a doctor. But it was a childish dream that made you a doctor. You dreamt you could hold back death. Isn't that true? Don't be sad, Grace. You do great things. <laughs>